Welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great day so far. I uh, hope you guys are dealing with this whole goddamn quarantine that we've got pretty much in every single state in the United States of America. But if you want to check out my website, you can easily do that by going to Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle with two D's, T-U-D-D-L-E dot net. Not dot com. Couldn't afford the dot com. So it is Tuttle.net. If you'd like to check out my videos. I've been doing a daily YouTube stream on my YouTube channel. You can easily find my YouTube channel at Tuttle TV. That's Tuttle with two D's, T-U-D-D-L-E TV.com. Make sure you subscribe and hit that little bell button so you're alerted anytime that I go live with these live streams or anytime I upload new content. I've been doing this live stream just kind of like a little bit of a companion content to the audio podcast that I do on a regular basis for you guys. I'm doing a live stream to kind of do a little bit of cross promotion. If you'd like to leave any questions or comments, you can easily do that. I'll maybe read them on the podcast or my live stream. You can do that by emailing me Tuttle, uh, T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com. I return everybody's emails. If you write, I try to reply to every single person. All the content I've been doing is free. The video streams that I do as well as the audio podcasts that I do, it's all free. But if you guys would like to donate to the cause, I know everybody's going through a hard time. A lot of people are out of work dealing with this pandemic we're going through. But if you'd like to donate even a dollar, a dollar will go a really, really long way. You can do that by going to my PayPal. Uh, That address is paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. That's paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. So one of the things that I wanted to get into first, and I found this audio that I found extremely, extremely interesting because, you know, uh, in the early 2000s, when we had George W. Bush, not the father, but the the son, and he became our president, everybody at the time was like, this is by far the worst president we've ever had in the history of the United States of America. And at the time, it seemed like he was. It seemed like George W. Bush was going to go down as one of the worst presidents of all time. Like I said, I always have to say this. I do not support any side. I don't support Republicans. I don't support Democrats. I don't support independents because I think all politicians are crooked. They don't give a goddamn about us. But there are some things that these presidents do that's kind of like, hey man, I see you, George W. I know what you're doing. You actually really do care about us. Like some of the things that George W. Bush did, a lot of people called him out for, like the day September 11th happened. Let's be honest, guys. George W. Bush was only in office for a couple of months, and then September 11th, 2001, got dropped right in his lap. And everybody, like, lambasted him, destroyed him, set everything on fire about the way that he handled 9-11, going back to him reading children's books for some kindergartners, maybe first or second grade, and he didn't react uh, soon enough. He didn't act quickly enough because he was reading a book. I think it was called My Pet Goat, if I'm correct. I think it was My Pet Goat. He was reading it to these children. His aide bends down, whispers in his ear, and tells him that the first plane hit the Trade Center. And 
how would you guys react to it if you, you've only been on the job for a couple of days and all fucking hell breaks loose? And then George W. was, you know, lambasted for his endless wars against Iraq. A lot of people, you know, were calling him out and saying that, well, your dad didn't take care of the original Iraq war, so I guess the son has got to take care of the rest of it. I don't know. I think George W., man, I thought the the, the State of the Union, that, that first, like, gathering of all the states, the Congress, Supreme Court, uh, the presidential uh, area, the all those all came together. And I thought George W. gave a great speech just laying it out all on the line saying, any of you countries that are harboring terrorists that were responsible for 9-11, you will be held just as responsible for hiding these scumbags that attacked our country. I thought George W. Bush did a great job on that. There were some things that he really, really dropped the ball on. But now there's some audio that's surfacing. And when you hear this audio, you're going to be like, you know what? George was not that great of a president or was not that bad of a president. George W. actually was ahead of his time and was looking out for us in the future. Because that's the bad thing about being the president. You can put a lot of laws in place. You can put a lot of rules. You can veto a lot of bills. But you only got that eight years. Yes, there needs to be term limits. But it always seems like the next president in line comes in and pretty much destroys the sandcastle that the previous president built and starts back fresh. So it's like we can't get ahead historically uh, over over the generations of presidents we have because the, 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 the president next in line always takes care and gets rid of the things that the previous president before him did. So, but this audio that surfaced back in 2005, our president, George W. Bush, ended up coming out and talking about how seriously we need to take these pandemics and what they could do to our country here in the United States of America. Today, I've come to talk about our nation's efforts to address this vital issue to the health and the safety of all Americans. I'm here to discuss our strategy to prevent and protect the American people from possible outbreak. Now, guys, just realize this is back in 2005. And I think we had had like uh, SARS, I think was the early 2000. A lot of my pandemics get, well, those weren't even pandemics, just outbreaks get kind of caught up. We've dealt with SARS, MERS, swine flu, uh, chicken flu, or whatever you want to call it. We've dealt with a lot of these. But this is back in 2005. And George W. Bush, the president that everybody thought was a goddamn idiot is ahead of his time because a lot of the press conferences you hear Trump talking about previous administrations ruining it, depleting the resources. And I, I, I've i read a lot of stories, so I need to do more research. But some of the stories that I've read is that Obama had set up a pretty good network, a, a little bit of a safety net per se, about how to handle these pandemics. But from what I've read, and I could be wrong, like I said, I try to read a lot of different sources before I craft an opinion on something one way or the other. But from what I've read so far is that Trump kind of dismantled some of those programs that Obama had put put in ahead of him. Now, could that be wrong? Yes, it could be wrong. But this is just what I've read so far. And if that's the case, holy shit, Trump might have a problem on his hands because I don't think a lot of people realize is that the older generation, the old people are the ones 
runs. Yes, there's some people's in their people that are in their 40s and 50s that voted as well, but the older white generation is Trump's main voter base and he needs to take care of those people and if the older generation starts dying and even though it might not be those 40 and 50 year olds that voted for him but it could be the parents of those 40 to 50 year olds that ended up dying and if the situation comes uh, comes to a head and they find out that Trump which he did kind of you know downplay it a little bit when this thing first started and now he's coming back and blaming the CDC and a whole bunch of other people for not getting the right information. I just think it's going to be very, very interesting that people were calling George W. Bush such an idiot, but he was far ahead of his time. The president's made perfectly clear that our number one priority is in the event of a pandemic is to save lives. If you're wondering who that woman is, I don't know. I don't have her exact name, but I do know her title. She was the uh, head of Homeland Security. And think about this. Homeland Security has not been a around for a really, really long time. I don't even think it's over 20 years old, but the Homeland Security was brought about right after 9-11 as well as the Patriot Act. So this is the director of Homeland Security talking about some of the things that President uh, George W. Bush wanted to put into effect. The president has a plan uh, to do just that. First, we must detect outbreaks that occur anywhere in the world. <clears throat> China. Yeah, we should have been keeping an eye on China, but George W. called it way before everybody else. And this is back in 2005. He's telling us we have to pay attention to what's going on in other countries, no matter how small or little the outbreak may be. We have to pay attention and get ahead of the game, get ahead of the ball and not worry about this before it becomes too late. Second, we must protect the American people by stockpiling vaccines and antiviral drugs. Now, almost a month ago, you guys, I played audio from Michael Osterholm, who was a guest on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he kind of laid this all out for you. You know, back, I think it might have been during one of the other outbreaks we had here in the United States. I don't want to call it a pandemic because pandemic is considered a worldwide type deal. But he talked about this. We had been working on a vaccine. And then after that all went away, we kind of just threw our hands up in the air and we was like, why do we? Need, need this. That's gone. And I think we've kind of dropped the ball. We can't be considered a superpower. Uh, a lot of people say, and if you Google it, a lot of people say there's only one superpower left in the world, and that's the United States of America. And they say that we might be losing that classification coming up soon. I'm not a hater of America. I still think the United States of America, the USA, is the greatest country still left on this planet. But how can we be considered a superpower when we rely on these other big countries like China, Russia, countries from the from Europe? We have to rely on them to make drugs and antibiotics and shit like that that we need to be able to survive on a daily basis for the sick and, and the people that are downtrodden in our country. No, we can't. And think about this, guys. How many jobs uh, Trump, President Trump is all about creating jobs. How many jobs would that make? How many jobs would it create?
create here in the United States of America if we manufactured all the drugs here in the United States. Also in that same interview, Michael Osterholm talked about, and this isn't coronavirus related, but most of the IV bags, I think 70 to 80% of the IV bags that are filled with the saline was being made at the headquarters in Puerto Rico. And Michael Osterholm had warned everybody, all it would take is a major category four or category five hurricane to hit the island of Puerto Rico. And I think Maria, Maria ended up hitting the island of of Puerto Rico, completely wiped out the whole island and destroyed that headquarters that was responsible for making 70 to 80 percent of the IV bags and saline that we need for the sick and sick and downtrodden and all these other countries. And we got caught with our pants down again. If this all would have been in-house stuff of stuff for us to be able to create here in the United States, create jobs and the money go back directly into our economy. I think the more that we're self uh, sustainable, the better off we will be. And I've always had this problem. Everybody's like, oh, why is the space program so important? You want to know why the space program is so important? We race to get to the moon during the Cold War to beat the Russians. How can we be considered a superpower when we have to rely on Russia to send our astronauts up to the International Space Station. It used to be the other way around when we had the shuttle program and people like, well, we need to spend our money on greater things than the space program. Guys, if you if you even realize how small a percentage of the budget for NASA at the moment compared to what we spend on the military and then compare that to what we spend on health care to protect our people with vital necessities that we need. It's all a drop in the bucket for the ammunition, the bombs, the planes to pay the soldiers, which they they deserve to be paid because they're defending our country. But what I'm saying is it's, it's not a lot of money. So there are some things we need to bring back into our country. And I hope the one great thing we can get out of this pandemic is realizing that we're too dependent on other countries when it comes to our national security. And yes, I'm saying national security, the health of our people, the community, the ones that pay taxes that go back into building our infrastructure. We need those people to be healthy. We need it. And that's just the God honest truth. And improve our ability to rapidly produce new vaccines against a pandemic strain. Now, I don't want you guys to think that I'm bashing Trump completely. This is a brand new type of virus. Yes, there is. there have been previous coronaviruses. I think we're on COVID-19 right now. So there's no way we could have been prepared for a vaccine for this particular coronavirus. But we could have been working on other vaccines that are working on close related viruses that might be able to help on this present day coronavirus. Because think about this, we're throwing all types of medication right now that hydroxychloroquine or the chloroquine, the malaria drug, I think that's the same thing. We're throwing all types of shit at at this. And the one thing that I do support Trump in, and I think it is a great idea, one of the best things that Trump has come up with is that right to choose. You should have the right to choose. If you're on a, a ventilator and they're saying you're going to die, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, you're going 
going to die if we don't do something. At that point, if I've run out of options, I'm going to tell you, shoot me up. Give me a vaccine for any of this other stuff that you might think might be able to help me out and pull the nose up on from me dying from this deadly virus. So give me whatever. What is it going to hurt? The doctors have already told me I'm going to die either way. So why not give it a shot? Why not try something? It's like a Hail Mary. All of you sports fans, does the Hail Mary work out all the time? Not really. Usually it gets knocked down by the defense in the end zone trying to knock it down. The worst thing you can try to do is intercept the Hail Mary pass because the chances of it being tipped, that's what you're hoping for. And I'm trying to compare this. You're taking these drugs, you're hoping for a tip where the ball, the ball that's going to be able to save your life, will be able to make you kick out of this and have a a full, healthy, productive life in the future. So I got to give Trump credit for that. I don't want you guys to think I'm just bashing Trump. I want to see our president do well. I'm not one of those guys where I, I'm a Democrat and I want bad things to happen at the detriment of our country just to see President Trump fail. No. If Trump's doing a good job and the country's running well, the economy's doing well, low crime, battle on drugs is down, you know, some drugs are cool, legalize the marijuana. I have nothing against that. But what I'm saying, if Trump's doing a great job, I'm happy. I'm not one of those political guys that that hates him so much that I would rather see the country fail than him do well. So I'm giving Trump credit on this right to choose bill. That's one of the best things that he's come up with so far when it comes to this pandemic. We need to have a surveillance plan that allows us to identify when an incident has occurred in the world, the sooner we know, more quickly and more adequately we can respond. Listen, I know for a fact that the CIA has got like intelligence officers embedded every single where. So you can't tell me that the CIA or the FBI or any of these secret service type people that we don't even know about, you can't tell me we don't have an agent embedded somewhere in a goddamn wet market ready to sound the alarm. Every time one of these Chinese guys gets a wild hair up their ass to eat a bat's head or a fucking anteater's vagina raw without even cooking it and starting this whole fucking pandemic and coronavirus. Hell, we could be looking at COVID-20 the next time a one of these Chinese people want to eat a bat's or anteater's vagina raw. Pandemic is unlike other natural disasters. Outbreaks can happen simultaneously in hundreds or even thousands of locations at the same time. Now, please, let me reset this. This is from 2005. All this audio that you're hearing from President George W. Bush is from 2005. And all of his talking points are everything that's going on in our country right now when it comes to this pandemic. Many outbreaks all across our country. Yes, some cities are worse than others, but the smaller cities, those people that are getting a couple of hundred a day are going to turn into 800. And then a couple of days from that, that's going to turn into a couple of thousand. I mean, I know the state of Florida is not as bad. I think I know we're over like maybe 11 or 12,000 infected here in the Sunshine State. 
but that is going to get worse. I've read articles where it says that Florida will most likely not have as many infected, but percentage-wise, ratio-wise, our death toll could be higher than any of the other areas across our country that have been infected because of the older population. Florida has by far the oldest population in the United States of America. And unlike storms or floods, which strike in an instant and then recede, a pandemic can continue spreading destruction in repeated waves that can last for a year or more. I got to tell you, George W. Bush, President George W. Bush is starting to sound more and more like Nostradamus every single day. The way he's just spitting out facts left and right, predicting exactly to a T of what we're going to go through. When this whole thing started, you know, they weren't as doom and gloom as they are right now, but they were saying we could be dealing with this pandemic not as bad the whole time, but we could be seeing the effects of this pandemic for a year, year and a half. And George W. Bush called this goddamn shot from back in 2005. One day, many lives could be needlessly lost because we failed to act today. I'm not one for bragging, but sometimes I am. But George W. Bush, I would not be surprised if George W. Bush's people actually found and dug up this audio because they looked at it as a way of, hey, you guess what? Hey, you know what? They thought I was the worst president for the longest time. Let's uh, let's dig up that audio. You know that audio where I called my shot? Yeah, 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 where I said we all need to be worrying about this pandemic right now. <laughs> Yeah, let's dig that audio up. It might help me out with my image in the history books. With pretty much everybody being in quarantine right now across our great United States of America, especially in Florida, even though we're in a lockdown, I'm still seeing a lot, a lot of people out, especially on the water. I know a lot of people are saying shrimping and fishing is essential. And a lot of people, when I posted the video that I did showing how many shrimpers were out, they were like, well, why are you out? You can't judge because you're out. Well, guess what, bitch? I fucking live here. I didn't go anywhere. I walked out my front door to about, I don't know, 60 steps, and I was right on the seawall here in the Indian River, so that's why I'm out. But with a lot of people being uh, cooped up in their houses, it's given us some of the greatest social media moments that we've seen in a really, really long time, especially on TikTok and uh, Instagram Live. If you remember, last week, I played audio of the two guys, and the one guy was directing him. He was getting his buddy to Molly out of his girlfriend's butthole. But that audio you had just heard was a gentleman that was trying to entertain, trying to become TikTok famous, Instagram Live famous. He stuck a firecracker, not a big firecracker, one of those cheap firecrackers you get in a roll. And he had pulled up his top eyelid and ended up putting a firecracker in his eyelid and lighting it and letting it blow up in his eyelid. But if he, this guy sounds familiar, I played this as well last week, and he was the same gentleman that was going to prove that he would drink a bottle of alcohol for his TikTok video during this quarantine. Real shit. Let's go. Screen record. 
Now, this being audio only, let me explain a little bit about the video is that when I look at things like this, I always call bullshit immediately. Like this guy could have easily put water in the alcohol bottle. He drank a whole bottle of rubbing alcohol, but to kind of give you the misdirection, you could tell maybe, and this is could, this could be how he did it, was he had alcohol on his hand, and we've all done that growing up. If you put alcohol in your hand and light it, it's not going to burn your hand because it burns so fast and clear. It's only burning above your skin, so it's not actually burning you at all. So he did that and then ended up chugging the alcohol. So he was giving you that little misdirection showing you, hey, I'm lighting my hand on fire, so there's got to be alcohol in this. But it could have been something else. They could have set it up and, and pre-produced it because the alcohol bottle that he ended up drinking from was already open. So it could have easily been faked, but this is the video that he had done. Screen record, boom. Let's go. Let's do it, dog. Alcohol, alcohol. Let's go. I'm playing on going. Listen to this guy chug. It sounds like a goddamn camel that had been running through the Sahara Desert for a week and a half and finally has gotten to water and just sound. Just listen to how aggressively he is sucking down what is supposedly alcohol. I think it's water, but he is chugging this vigorously like he has not had any type of liquid touch his lips or his mouth in decades. What the fuck? Now back to the video at hand that I had previously played. I only played the explosion of the firecracker going off in this guy's eyelid, but I want to play you the setup. So I'm going to get into this video and I've seen a little bit of a common theme when it comes to these videos, especially Instagram live where uh, numerous people can jump on the same feed. They kind of feed of uh, feed off of each other. There's one of those buddies that doesn't have enough balls to do the stunts and he always becomes the pseudo director of all the action that's taking place. He's in charge of the cinematography as well. But there's always that one buddy that's always getting in to do this. Now, this thing with the firecracker, like I had said previously, is that these firecrackers are not the greatest firecrackers. They're one of those pussy ones that you could leave in your open hand and let it explode in there. And I remember the first time that was all explained to me uh, where people end up losing body parts like fingers and parts of their hands from stuff exploding there is that the firecracker was being held in a closed hand and I, the first time I, I heard that explained to me was in the movie Armageddon and uh, Billy Bob Thornton who was the launch director at that time uh, in the movie asked why well why can't we just shoot or put something in there why do we have to drill down and they explained like if you put a firecracker in your open hand it's only going to burn maybe the little bit top of your hand but it's not going to explode or cause any damage and then they they use the reference if you put a firecracker in a closed hand it would cause way way more damage so this guy ended up putting this small little firecracker underneath his eyelid and you know your eyelids are not thick at any time they're probably one of the the thinnest part of your skin anywhere on your whole entire body is in your eyelid so i gotta give the guy a little bit of you know kudos and 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 say bravo to your big balls for pitting a firecracker and your very thin but sensitive eyelid. Let's go. You at 15, baby boy. Let me see the background. All right. Hey, screen record. 
don't give a fuck about none of that shit that people say, man. I don't. That's what a little cloud to do for you. Hey, y'all screen record. Screen record and send it to me. David Gaddis. Or at R-D-E-Z-Y-D on um, Twitter. Y'all ready? I got you, I got you. Listen, we all have that friend. It's most likely one of the guys you grew up with, one of your childhood friends that would take a baseball bat to anybody that fucked around with you. Those type of people. We all have one of those boys that's going to have our back, make sure we're doing okay after we do something stupid that we shouldn't have done. Listen, listen to the concern from this guy, the way he's looking out for his boy. I got you, I got you. I mean, just listen to that clip. His buddy, his bro, the guy he's had his back for most of his life, the guy is screaming in agony. We never get to see what the guy's eyelid actually looked like, the aftermath, how much damage it caused to his upper eyelid. We never get to see that, but the guy obviously sounds like he's in pain. And his bro, his buddy is asking him, I got you, boy. I got you. I got you, man. You okay? I got you. No matter how much pain you're in right now, no, I've got your back because I'm your boy. I got you, I got you. How about this? In good news, the stock market is actually performing pretty well today. Last time I checked, it was around in between eight and 900 points up, which is a good change. You know, we've been taking a beating. The last month was one of the worst stock months that that's happened in a very, very long time. And I think once, uh, because I think every other week they release the unemployment stats. And I think you're going to see that number climb even higher which in return is going to affect the stock market. It's going to make everybody a little bit wary and scared. So people aren't going to be buying a lot. People are going to be selling off. And we want to make sure, you know, because it is important that we keep people safe. You know, like I said, a lot of people say that I'm anti-Trump, but I got to give Trump credit. The economy was rolling. It was doing great at the time. And then this pandemic came through because the economy is something that Trump has been running on. That was his go-to, his platform, his bread and butter was how well the economy is doing. And now what he's going to have to do, he's going to have to pivot. He's going to have to call an audible and change up in midstream and come up with another thing to tout out there. Yes, the economy was not his fault, but you know for sure, you know for damn sure the Dems are going to be coming after him when it comes to the economy and it not doing as well as it had been. So with the economy, one of the things that locally here in Central Florida, not here on the East Coast where I currently reside in Volusia County, uh, because, you know, most of my radio career, the majority of my my radio career was in Orlando and, and pretty much Orlando East is where I cut my teeth in the radio business. And, uh, you know, I spent from 2010 until 2019 pretty much on the West Coast of Florida. And I, I was able to get out there. But in that community, they do a lot of stuff. You know, one of the you would think here in the state of Florida that hockey would not be as humongous as it is. But what the ownership, the people, the the founders, the investors of the Tampa Bay Lightning, by far more than any of the other sports teams. Yes, Tampa's won a Super Bowl. Tampa is always going to be a football city because of the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
but the Lightning has stepped up their game, brought the bar to a whole new level about how you are supposed to be involved in your community as a professional sports team. So um, the economy, just the professional sports, concerts that come to the amphitheater, as well as uh, Raymond James Stadium, the XFL was playing there, uh, USF Bulls, the Tampa Bay Rays. There's so much stuff that like drives business in our community that you don't think about. And with this pandemic we're going through right now, a lot of those sports are gone. The the Lightning, they were having a great season after what they pulled off last year, having one of the best regular seasons of all time in the NHL just to get swept, to get swept in four games in the first round by the lowest seed in the Eastern Conference. I don't even know if it's Eastern Conference. I think it might be Atlantic in the NHL. I'm still, listen, I wasn't the biggest hockey fan until I started working in Tampa and, and I got into the sport. I followed the, the Lightning all the way from beginning to end the last time that they were in the Stanley Cup, uh, Stanley Cup final. So yes, I've learned a lot about hockey. So I'm learning. There's a lot of stuff I still don't know. But back to what I was saying, with all the sporting events, one of the big things that was marked on the calendar that everybody was looking forward to was WrestleMania. Um, while I was here in Orlando, now Orlando in the past 10 years, I think, have hosted two count them two WrestleManias at the Citrus Bowl and and it's great how uh, WWE kind of pivoted and and opened it up to outdoor arenas to be able to host WrestleMania which is the crown jewel the biggest event that they have on the calendar. Tampa was supposed to host it this year and it got cancelled because of the coronavirus pandemic that's going on and just think of how much money, how many of these small businesses that set up. I'm sure they invested in uh, items that were specific to WrestleMania weekend to sell if it was merchandise or sales that they had going on, counting on people coming in from outside of the state to 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 spend their money in our in, in Tampa, Tampa Bay's community. And that's all gone now. But WrestleMania is going on. The WWE and, Vix, and Vince McMahon, who who is the one of the most legitimate performers out there. He is great at what he does, and the show must go on. And I, in my opinion, from the video I've seen so far, is kind of WrestleMania is falling flat. It's falling flat. I mean, it's not just them. I've I've seen the all the late night talk shows like Fallon and 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 Colbert and Kimmel. All those guys have been struggling because when you're doing a monologue and and you're telling jokes and nobody is responding to them. It makes a difference. Yes, that's a sad state of affairs. Funny should be funny, but you cannot deny that people laughing, having, and it's not even a laugh track. That's why they add laugh tracks to to sitcoms, uh, thirty minute sitcoms on on national TV, is because people are so dumb they don't know when to laugh. So they add a laugh track just to cue you. Hey, this is funny. Maybe you should laugh. So it's all just a 
big mind fuck, and that's what they're doing to you with a, la- a laugh track. But it's it's uncomfortable. It just falls flat. And I like uncomfortable material, and and I like it. But most people are not gonna like these late night talk show hosts telling jokes during a monologue and not having any reaction. So WrestleMania ended up going on and doing it. Their crown jewel in front of TV cameras, but no audience, no live audience for them to feed off of. It should have been Tampa's long-awaited turn to host one of the world's largest spectator events. I feel sorry for all my friends and my talent that are... I've met a lot of wrestlers through my years working in radio broadcasting, but I had not met as many as I did while working with in Tampa with the Bubble Love Sponge Show and 102.5 The Bone. But I met a lot of them, and the guy that I'm hearing there, and, and I, I have listened to this before, but I think I'm kind of catching on a little bit, but that sounds like Steve Kern. And and I really didn't meet him one-on-one. I He said hi to me briefly, but he, uh, after one of his appearances on the Bubba Love Sponge Show. You know, wishing they were stepping out in front of 80,000 or Raymond James, but it just ain't happening. Wrestling legend Steve Kern is watching the pre-recorded WrestleMania in Orlando from home. This is a first and hopefully a last. He knows many Bay Area businesses hurting during the pandemic missed out on a major economic boost. Not only the businesses missed out, but there's a lot of philanthropic type people that live in the lesser fortunate areas and they'll always come out and they'll make some knockoff merchandising or charge for parking around Raymond James or they'll be cooking out and selling barbecue, hamburgers or hot dogs. All those people are missing out big time as well as the established small businesses around or near Raymond James in the city of Tampa. What a money-making opportunity it would have been for this whole city, and this is my hometown. I mean, you know, hotels, restaurants, bush gardens, any attractions. Now, Steve Kern is like any of the typical stereotype wrestler. He had to have mentioned, what about all the plentiful, all the grade A strip clubs, uh, places you can get a great steak and watch women dance nude in front of you is Tampa Bay. Think about all the money that these strippers, even prostitutes, think of all the money that they're missing out on because of WrestleMania not being here. And I got to say this. I worked in Volusia County. One of my good friends, John Cap, he did the morning show with me and uh, Bo Rhodes when we were on The Crow here in Daytona. He was one of the owners of the Pink Pony. And, and they had fully nude. But the thing about Daytona Beach is that you can't serve alcohol and have fully nude in the same building. And that was one of the workarounds that he did. So he had cut the pink pony in half, made one side for alcohol, and they would have nude dancing, but they would still have their bottoms on. And on the other side, if you needed to see some coups, you could go over there and see that because it was fully nude. So, but when you get get to Orlando, Orlando, because of all the religious right there in Orlando, the strip clubs had so many 
regulations. And then in 2010, when I started working in Tampa, I was shocked. I was dumbfounded of how late people could drink in the city of Tampa, how you could drink and eat booze and eat a fine, great quality steak, watching somebody shake their puss right in your face with pretty much little to no regulations at all. WWE superstar Titus O'Neil tells Eight on Your Side, a week of events in the community for children, as well as hospital visits, had to be canceled. Now, Titus is another wrestler I've not, like, met one-on-one, just briefly saying hello, but my God, he is by far the image you think of when you're thinking of Gentle Giant, because when you see this guy before you hear him talk or you get to know him, he is a beast, somebody that could kill you. One of those guys, I only know one of those guys personally that I'm afraid of, and that's Lummox. Warren, I am afraid of Lummox from the Bubble Love Sponge Show, and I was rooming him, rooming with him for quite a while at one point, and I saw him lose his temper, and when he loses his temper, it is terrifying because you see the anger and the power that he has in the body and the frame that God gave him that he could kill you if he wanted to with his bare hands. And I don't even think he would have to use both hands. He could kill you with one hand because his hand is so massive. He could wrap that whole fucking thing around your throat and choke you out one handed. So those are the type of people you got to be afraid of. And Titus is one of those guys. When you see him, you're like, man, this guy could kill me if he wanted to. And there was nothing anybody could do about it. But when you get to know him, he is one of the kindest, most generous, most sincere wrestlers you'll ever meet in your life. And the amount of charities that he spends his valuable time with is endless. I've never seen anybody in the city of Tampa that does more for charity around the community of Tampa. Well, it's not just the economic impact. There's also the social uh, responsibility that we try to take everywhere we go. Known in the ring as a killer bee, Brian Blair appeared in WrestleMania during the 80s. I wrestled in front of 93,000 plus people. He also recalls early matches from his career wrestling in Tampa in front of nobody. Then you know what? God damn it. You should have brought back the old school guys. Hell, you could have dusted off Dusty Rhodes and wheeled him into the ring and maybe he would have been more suited for performing in front of nobody. So let's bring out the old school guys. They're willing to bleed. They're they're willing to gig themselves. Go the extra mile. Hell, I I bet Mick Foley, mankind, would dust off the boots, come in the ring, and get thrown off at three stories like he did from The Undertaker on that Hell in the Cell match. So we had to perform to the best of our ability if we wanted to move forward. So these guys find themselves in the same situation, and they are making not only the most of it, they're going above and beyond. While life as we know it may feel like a wrestler pinned to the mat, they all have to stay positive and have a positive outlook and realize that this is a temporary thing. Now, my only question is Vince and the WWE going to make good on this when it comes to the city of Tampa? Because just because of this pandemic that they could not control, it was out of their hands, are you going to give them one? Are you going to make it happen quicker that WrestleMania will come back around to the city of Tampa? I mean, the Olympics, yes, Tokyo, Japan didn't get screwed out of it. They just postponed it by another year. Now, 
your situation is a lot different than, than the Olympics because you have a WrestleMania every year. So the Olympics could afford to push it back a year, just like uh, the European Championships when it comes to soccer. They're going to push that back by year. So I hope WWE and Vince McMahon does right by the city of Tampa and helping them out, maybe recovering for some of the losses because I'm sure the city of Tampa had to put money out to get prepared for WrestleMania coming to town. All right, guys. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Make sure you go to my website, Tuttle.net. Make sure you check out my video site. Go to TuttleTV.com. Make sure you subscribe. Hit that little bell so you're alerted and and you'll get alerted every time I go live or put up any new content. Uh, All my podcasts can be found very, very easily. If you could help me spread the word, I'm not on the radio anymore. So you just telling any of your friends, family, you know, posting something on your Twitter or your Facebook account, letting people know how to find my podcast. My podcast can be found on iHeartRadio, iTunes Podcasts, and Spotify. But if you want to check out the direct link, you can do that by going to Tuttle, Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E dot Podomatic.com. That is Tuttle dot Podomatic.com. Question or, questions or comments, you can email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. And if you would like to donate to the cause, help me out so I can reinvest it back into my podcast. You can donate anything, even if it's a dollar. I know you guys, some of you are out of work that are listening to this podcast. I will be greatly, greatly appreciative of you even send me a dollar. You can do that by going to my PayPal account, paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. That's paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. Guys, thank you as always for listening to this podcast. I hope you have a great day and I'll talk to you tomorrow.